Hey, everyone at Zoom. It's watching on Zoom. I hope that didn't hurt your ears. Okay. Well, we have a lot of folks out at old Winterfest. That's pretty cool, huh? Who went to Winterfest when they were young? Who's ever been? I'm just curious. Never, so a lot of y'all. Never been. And you get, Nathan, you guys, you were giving the tips last week, weren't you? Yeah, so they're coming back right now, actually. Kyle is so technological, he just sent his, the, his location. Did you see, anyone see that? Maybe, maybe you just sent it to me. Never mind. But that, so anyways, he's always doing cool stuff like that. If y'all want to turn, Numbers 13. Let's go. We're getting serious today. If you don't want to go into the land, then you're out of here. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying part of the time. <clears throat> Before we dive in, uh, a couple things, though, for reals. Thank you, Julie, for sharing your story last week. That, I, I just think about how um, hard that can be to share mistakes that we've made and then but how awesome and how much glory it gives God when we do and share like what, what she's doing now. Like it's just, it's just incredible. Um, I don't say this lightly, but I really do believe God sent Julie to us as part of our prayers and us seeking him this fall and saying, God, we really want to make an impact. We really want to see your kingdom grow and manifest here in, in, in Murfreesboro. And we just, uh, we need help. That's what we said, right? Holy Spirit, we just said, Holy Spirit, you tell us what to do. We're just going to do what you tell us. He opens the door with Dr. Shields at Mitchell Nielsen, who's been phenomenal. And I believe that he's helping guide us with Julie, who knows what she's doing. I don't always know what I'm doing, but I'm I'm ready to go. Sometimes we need need some folks that know what they're doing. So thank you, Julie. We're going to have some really cool opportunities. Rising up. If anyone feels overwhelmed with all the stuff Julie's doing, by the way, breathe. We're not doing all things at once. Though, if you have a, something you'd like to get involved in, I bet Julie has some someone that she can let you. Whether it's you sew and want to teach people, or uh, you just can ride a bus, she'll get you there, which is cool. But um, we're just been praying and discerning on what to do, you know, as a group of folks. And the next step, I think we mentioned it last week, is yes. Numbers 13, thank you, yep, yeah. um, is, is this, this, budget, this budget class that we're going to be doing, we're not going to call it a budget class, but it's a budgeting class for some folks, and it's going to be awesome. So anyways, let's look at Numbers 13, huh? Who's read this before? This is a good one. If you don't know what's happening here, very briefly, God has rescued the Israelites out of 400 years of slavery. That's really hard for me to even wrap my mind around and fathom to think about that. But God brings rescue from a very powerful nation, signs and wonders and all kinds of amazing things. Pharaoh's heart is hard. But when God brings those people out of slavery, when God brings his people out of slavery, what's really interesting is God doesn't immediately put them into this land of promise. God immediately allows them to go into the wilderness. That can be frustrating sometimes, huh? Like, man, God, you rescued me and you saved me and you did all these awesome things. Now everything's supposed to be smooth sailing. But even Jesus, after he was baptized, what happened? The Spirit led 
him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Tests aren't always bad. Some tests are bad, for sure. But often they show where we're at. And I think God oftentimes allows us to be tested to see if like the commitment we made is like for real, right? The Israelites are tested and they fail pretty much. But God isn't done with them. They complain about the food. They complain about the water. For goodness sakes, they build an idol. Isn't that, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? And God still got, something, still got something for the people of God, right? I put a picture of a boxer up here. How about that? Just for fun, to see what you all would say. Not really. Um, I was thinking about what to preach about. And for those who have preached, I think there's oftentimes when you feel like the Holy Spirit, God just gives you something, you're like, yes, that's it, I know it, boom, let's go. There's also times wherever like different things are floating around in my head. I'm like, should I go here? Should I go there? You know, and that's where I was last week. And I was having a prayer time, and a guy uh, said, "Hey, I want to share something with you." Last um, last night, yeah, it was last night. He said I had a, uh, woke up from a dream, and in the dream there was like this this boxer, and there's a guy up against the ropes like this, and he was just holding up his hands, and the other guy was just pow 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 pow. If you know what's going on here. Basically, this guy is waiting for the bell to ring so that he can go sit down for a minute because he's getting whipped. All he's doing is, this is a defensive posture, like, oh, let me, let, me, let me not fall over. And he said, I felt like whenever I had that, that God spoke to me and said, this has been the posture of the church in America for quite some time. Like, we've been up against the ropes, and this is why it connected with me so deeply. We've been up against the ropes, the enemies, pow, 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 and we've hardly done any punching back. We've just kind of gone, oh, God, please let me survive, right? And I was like, that connected deeply because I just recognized, doesn't mean, don't misunderstand this whole message, doesn't mean that people aren't doing good things and God's not changing people's lives and stuff like that. Please don't misunderstand. But as a whole, I really do think we've had this defensive posture. And then he said, you know, I, he just said, which I was, I was glad because this, this was on my heart and Joshua and Caleb I was thinking about, I mean, Joshua and, um, yeah, and Caleb. And he said, I just really feel like God's saying it's time. Like, let's go punch. Let's fight back. Like, let's stop getting against the ropes and letting him do his thing. And so I really felt like as I studied this, I just started thinking of how much this story can parallel to what we're going through right now and be super practical about being encouraged so that we can, hey, let's take this, let's, let's go put a giant dent in the enemy's kingdom in our city. Like, I just want to look back and just see God's kingdom manifesting and just people's lives being transformed. And you know what? It won't be easy, as we're going to see here, but it will be good. So, Numbers 13, I'm going to start in verse 1 here. The Lord said to Moses, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each of their ancestral tribes, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all the leading men among the Israelites. So if you go to the next slide, if you want to. We're not going to talk about this whole thing, because this has to do with them wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and stuff. Oh, where did I put my little... I like this. Sometimes I need a little pointer. A little point in action. 
laser beams. <laughs> Pastors with lasers on their hand. All right, so they come out of Egypt, and they've been wandering through all these this, this different wilderness and all this stuff, and basically where we're at right now is they come to this wilderness of Paran. They're in uh, Kadesh Barnea, like right around here. And this is really important because up here, I'll probably show a slide here in a second. This is the land of Canaan. So they've come out of slavery. They've come through wilderness and through testing. Didn't always do super great, but God's like, it's all right. There's still a plan. And right now they are on the cusp of promise. What's the promise? God said that I'm going to put you all in a land flowing with milk and honey. Basically, Israel was supposed to show the world what it means to live under the rulership of God. Right? That's, this is the kingdom of God. Like, they were supposed to show what it looks like for a people to be madly in love with their king, following him, and that the nations of the earth were supposed to come to Israel and see who this great king is. They're sitting here on the cusp of promise, and this is a huge moment. Is Israel going to go and to be what God's called them to be, or are they going to back away from their calling because it's not easy? One thing that I think is super interesting is that it says God said to send men to spy out the land of Canaan. If you're like me, I'm like, let's go! Like, I'm just ready to go. you got to hold me back. My wife's laughing because, I mean, that's why God gave me my wife. Because, like, God says, hey, it's time to go uh, take out these folks, drive these people out of the land. Like, I'm just like, all right, let's go, God. But, you know, oftentimes God has a plan and needs some people to go I need some Matt Winneborgs in my life to go, pump the brakes, John. But God does do that. That's what he does here. He says, listen, you're going to, um, he says, I am giving you this land, Israel, but take time to go spy out the land, take some inventory of what's going on, have a plan before you just rush into, into battle. I think it's funny. I thought about this morning. Sometimes believers, we act like God never has a foreplan. Like it's just everything spontaneous. And sometimes it is spontaneous, it's wonderful, but also sometimes God's like, no, i got a plan. Oftentimes he does. So I think we've done this to a degree. I think we spent fall praying and asking the Lord to lead us. I think that we've looked at our neighborhood, we've prayer walked our neighborhood, we've spent time praying over there, we spent time praying here, we spent time praying. We've been taking inventory of our city. We've been taking inventory of what God, what God is doing and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal. I want to encourage us to let us not stop doing that. It, it's not over. Like, as John King has mentioned several times as we're driving through our city, as we're going to work, as we're going, just ask the Lord, like, Lord, is there anything you need me to see? Is there something that you want this body to see here, right? Like, let's keep, let's, let's keep looking, let's keep discerning. And so I'm not going to read all the names of these people. There were people from every tribe. I'm going to go skip down to verse 17. But it says, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up there to the, into the Negeb, and go up into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land they live in is good or bad, and whether the towns that they live in are unwalled or fortified, whether the land is rich or poor, you think at one point they were like, Moses, we get it. Whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are trees in it or not, be bold, bring some fruit, some of the fruit of the land. Now it was the season for the first ripe grapes. So 
they're going to walk in obedience to what God calls them to do here initially. God says, go do it. All right, it's time. Go spy out the land. And here's something that I think is so important. God didn't send an individual to spy out the land. He sent the people. He sent a representative from all the tribes to go out and spy out the land. That's why I, call, I think I call the sermon Courageous Together. Like, this is one thing that's really, I want to spend the next several weeks, I know Greg's going to preach too, talking about us being a body and the way that we can work together and things. And God was doing that here. God didn't send one person. He said, no, we can do this together. I want you to send a representative, go out and spy out the land. And they, they did. They did exactly what he said. You can go to the next slide if you want. Okay, this is the land of Canaan, by the way. I just kind of wanted to show this. Um, and this is where they're at. So again, they're right on like the threshold of promise. And here's, here's that land. Go to the next slide, if you don't mind. That's the Negev, which is, I was honored to be able to go there and just, it was just so beautiful. Um, and, and so that's where they're at right now. And that's where Moses said to send them to go up there to Negev. If you could picture that. So verse 21 says, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rahab near Labo Hamath. They went up into the, to the Negev and came to Hebron and Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, the Anakites, were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zon, Zoan in Egypt. And they came to the Wadi Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes and they carried it on a pole between the two of them. They brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called Wadi Eshkol because of the cluster that the Israelites cut down from there. So they walk in obedience. They're on the threshold of promise. And they confirm that this land is good. Like This is like what God has said is, is accurate. Like here's, here's some of the fruit from the land. Like this is, this, is what I, this, is, this is good stuff. And again, I think we're kind of in that place where we've said, God, show us we want to be obedient. And God's like, okay, here's Julie. Okay, here's Dr. Shields. Like it's good. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But what the people do with it really matters. See, I think what we do with what God has given us, right now, this is critical. It's mission critical that we, that we walk out what God's calling us to walk out. And this is, this is an important time for us, just as it was a hugely important time for Israel. Verse 25 says, At the end of the 40 days they returned from spying the land, out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They come back, and the beginning of their report is spot on. God was right. This is it. God is giving us what he promised. And again, I'll parallel that to us. I really believe God's giving us such great opportunity. I'm, ah, man, I just get fired up about this stuff. But in verse 28, there's this, yet, maybe a but in your translation, that really changes maybe the mood. They see that this is a land, and it says, yet the people who live in the land are strong, and the towns are fortified and very large. Think about this. Like, think about actually this taking place. This, that is scary, right? <laughs> and besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites live in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea 
and along the Jordan. If you go to the next slide, this kind of gives us an idea of where we see them talking about, this is the Negev down here, it's in southern um, Israel, and you see the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and all these different things like this. Like, they come back and they say, man, this is exactly what God showed us, but it has pretty scary people there. Like, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of work to do. And I think that that's important for us to hear. I really do, because the task of going into our city and displacing the kingdom of the enemy and, and having the kingdom of God show up in a powerful way is not an easy task, right? Like, they, we, I think we've heard, we're listening, God's showing us things, but for us to go out and to do this thing, it's a war. Like, the enemy does not want people to be changed, the enemy doesn't want neighborhoods, doesn't want schools to be changed. He's not going to be like, like if we're, if we're in that boxing and we're back, if we, we take a couple punches, he's not going to be like, oh, dude, never mind. <laughs> he's going to be like, let's go. <laughs> and then we're going to go, yeah, well, let's go. Who's fired up? I'm ready to go. I'm ready. To. But what happens with the Israelites? They see this. They see this and they're becomes an uproar because we're going to see here quiet Caleb has to quiet them down they, they they hear this they're oh my gosh I could just I can just be there sensing no not the Amalekites you know not the Hittites oh my gosh they're big people they have these walled cities they have these big strong towns like ah and I can understand I can relate to the fear of going wow out here there's a lot of problems <laughs> there's a lot of brokenness that doesn't get fixed overnight there has to be people like Julie who are willing to dedicate their lives to seeing this change, you know? People like us to, to join and say, yes, let's do it. There's brokenness, there's, there's addiction, there's all kinds of stuff out there, and it can be super daunting and overwhelming feeling. But it also doesn't mean that God hasn't equipped us to do it. Third, verse, verse 30 says, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. So there's an uproar, people are getting scared, and then you have a Caleb stand up and say, hold up, we can do this. And I've read this and I've preached sermons and I think it's good to go, let's be Caleb's, let's go! But I think the Lord was showing me as I thought about the body this time, everyone's probably not a Caleb. Let's be real. Whenever you read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts. What's one, one of the gifts is the gift of faith. That doesn't mean that we don't all have faith and trust God. But there are some men and women that God gives a gift and they just have it. They just say, no, we can do this. And so I want to encourage two, people, two groups of people. One, maybe you're a Joshua who is the same as Caleb here who, who believed. Maybe you're a Joshua or Caleb that needs to be a little more outspoken. That maybe you're quiet, but God gives you this like, all right, we can do this, y'all. Come on. And God's saying, look, sometimes you, need to, you, need, you just need to speak up and say, we can, we can go. Let's go. Maybe you can't relate to Caleb at all, and you feel like you're the person's going, oh, my gosh, look at all these things. But if we work as a body together, we discern, is this, you know, every time some Caleb shouts, let's go do something, it might not be from God, right? <laughs> every time a Joshua goes, let's go, church, and do that. But if, if, but if we sit back and we're prayerful and we discern and we go, wow, I thoroughly think that this is from God, we can allow the Joshua's and Caleb's if they would have just listened to Caleb and said, okay, so us discerning who are the Joshua's and Caleb's that God brings us and us going, okay, this is scary. I'm not super excited about it, but it's good and this is what God's calling us to. 
let's go. Let's do it. Again, we need the people that are going to tell maybe the Joshua's and Caleb's, hold up, let's take some inventory, let's do that. I love the way the body works. But then there's also times where they just got to say, it's time to go, church, let's do this. Oftentimes the church quiets the Caleb's and the Joshua's because they, they bring a little, they like the way things are. Is that anyone's ever experienced that? Anyone ever done that? Like they go, you know what? God did promise us, but I think I'm cool just hanging out in the wilderness here. here. Like the men and the quail's not that bad compared to going and fighting against the Amalekites and stuff. And then the, then the church ends up in this place and it breaks my heart. At, like we're on the cusp of, of promise of really being the church that Christ wants us to be, the body that Christ wants us to be. But we hang out in this wilderness area because we're just, we're afraid. We don't know what to do or we know what to do and we're afraid. And man, I just, I just think like, what are the things that Christ would be doing if he were here? He is here through us. The beautiful thing about where we're at now is there's, we are Christ's body. We should be doing those things. There should be deliverance that's taking place. There should be people who people look down on and we're taking care of them. We're picking them up. There'd be people that, that, are, that are the outcast and misfits of society that Christ says, I want to stay at your house. Like, and that, you know, how does he do that? Through us. And again, I'm not saying we don't do that, but I think we would all say, man, there's more. There's more. There's more that we can have in the church. <sighs> I'll keep saying that till I die. <laughs> we can get more and more, Christ, like we can do these things. But do they listen to the Caleb? It says in verse 31, Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land that we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are a great size. There we saw the Nephilim. The Anakites came from the Nephilim, come from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. So we seemed to them. So though there was a favorable initial report, Though they have a Caleb standing up saying, it's time, God told us to do this, the Israelites choose the path of least resistance. Anybody, anybody guilty of that? <laughs> Two hands. That the easy thing to do is just to kind of, again, sit in the wilderness and do what we're used to doing. And so I feel like this season is a season for us to give a little nudge, for us to go, you know what, you all? We can displace, go ahead and go to the, la the last slide. There's a couple things. That, that means kingdom. I don't know. They didn't have castles like that back then, but I was just like, what do I do for kingdom? Uh, <laughs> In order for them to get into the land of promise, they had to displace the enemies. That was it. In order for them to be the people of God that they were called to be, to be that light to the nations, they had to go and displace darkness. And man, that is, that is scary, like, that's some serious stuff. And we're called to the same thing. We don't, our weapons of our warfare are not human. We don't, it's not like we, I'm, I'm saying, let's grab our guns. Let's go shooting. <laughs> Matt's laughing. He's like, <laughs> we're going to go take down the baddies. 
but we know that there's there's spiritual battle taking place. Like if Lord has really been showing me that, like we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. In Daniel, you see like some of this battle that's taking place, and the way that we wage war is not, as Paul says in the in in that same verse about uh, we don't oh, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not merely human. Like it's it's different for us. We have spiritual weapons. Part of, sometimes it's not punching back and allowing someone to slap you on the other cheek. That's what Jesus says his kingdom is like, right? Maybe, maybe it's giving that other coat whenever someone give, gave, you know, gives you, says they want one, if I could talk. You say, well, I got, how about this? You can have another, you know? Like this is, this is releasing God's kingdom. This is how we expel darkness. We expel it with goodness, right? We do good. And we get, I just love that we get this opportunity and it's right here before us. And I don't want to be like the Israelites that go, yes, I see it. Yes, God, you're giving us some opportunities, but that's too much. That's too much of a price for me. I can't do it. You know, I, it's, it's, it, that's too much. But here's the thing. God is calling us to do this together. And I think that that can bring some relief. Because I think everyone here has probably experienced spreading themselves way too thin or volunteering for something and then going, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And then to the point to where some of us have said, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> like that's just too much. But God sends them out as 12. He's got, then God's going to send them. They're supposed to go and to release, uh, set these people displaced is the word I'm looking for. These folks set up the, this, this kingdom, but they're to do it together, <laughs> together. I, I enjoyed talking with Julie this week uh, about this budgeting class, and I really enjoyed doing it with Greg, and I enjoyed doing it with Kyle, because they both have gifts that I, I'm not as strong in, right? Because I'm the one that's like, budget class, let's go. And then, and then Kyle's like, okay, John, well, and Greg's like, okay, man, what are we going to do? You know, like, I don't know, teach him about money. It's kind of true. Larissa's laughing especially. She's, it's the truth. We'll figure it out. We'll build a plane while we're flying it if we have to, right? Like that's, but what I love is like we're sitting there talking about this class, and Julie's talking, and, and Kyle is taking meticulous notes. Like, da 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 He's one of the most, like, he just, he's so organized. He's thinking, and, it just, oh, and I'm just like, oh, cool. I really need someone like that. Like, it's awesome. And then Greg, he re- there's parts of Greg you, that remind me of John King, where like Greg will do what he does. Like he will sit back and we'll have this long discussion, and then he will bring these nuggets out as we're done and bring it all together. And I'm like, dude, that was awesome, <laughs> awesome, bro. Let's go, you know. And it's it's good. It's wisdom. It's discerning. He has the gift of discernment. I think like he discerns his wisdom. But all that coming together means that I'm not stuck trying to teach a budget class by myself. Not sure, you know. Or Kyle stuck by himself. It's like, let's do this together. Let's bear the burden together so that we can actually do it well. You know? Love it. There's so, there are going to be more opportunities and different things like that for us to do that. But it's, it's so important that we do, do it together. The last thing I want to share before I'm done is that I'm not going to read chapter 14, but we know what happens. If you don't know what happens, God says, you know what? Because you all didn't go into the land, you spied out the land for 40 days. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Everyone that's 20 years and older that didn't believe me is not even going to get to go to promise. And your children are going to have to go through wandering in the desert for 40 years. 
And I really, I thought to myself when I, when I wrestled with this, I thought what we do not only affects us, but it affects other people. Even if we stand still like they did, it had a huge effect on their children. A huge effect. Our children, our grandkids, whatever, they are watching us. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. We have got to dare the next generation to take risks for Jesus. Or they're going to be 80% of them like they are walking out of the church as soon as they graduate high school. Because we've dared them to go to church. And I love church. I get it. I love being together. But it's, Jesus has an adventure. <laughs> and it's hard, yes. But when we do this, they watch us and they go, why, why are you hanging out with that person that, you know, you look... You, Man, that person is a felon, you know? What's going on with that? And they go, man, maybe there's something bigger to this thing about following Jesus than just getting together once a week, though. Again, I love this. Don't think I'm saying anything wrong about that. Maybe there's something bigger to the kingdom of God that needs to be released in the city that we can be forerunners for and challenge and inspire others to do. You know that, right? Like that's, I would love to have people go, what are you guys doing there? Man, let's join you. Let's get involved. Let's work together. I know Natalie wants to see us work together. I, I do. Like I want to see that kind of stuff take place. And we can do it, but we got we, we to gotta understand we're going into war, and I'm going to encourage us to don't stop praying. If you stop praying, it's over, I think. I think if we stop praying, then the enemy is going to win the battle. We're going to give up. We're, 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 we're going to get discouraged or whatever. Do not stop praying, and let's not stop praying, and let's not stop walking in obedience to the things that God has told us to do. And I think we're going to step back in a year from now. And maybe, maybe, it's just, maybe there's little victories, you know. But we step back and go, wow, God really did some stuff. And then in two years from now, then three years from now, we say, man, yes, yes. I'm excited. Are you all excited? Whew. All right. I'm done. Let's, uh, let's listen to the Lord for a minute. Yes? Hold up. If you want to share something, I'm going to have to put you on a microphone for the Zoom people. This is, this is what scares people, <laughs> is the microphone. You, know, you mentioned about doing it together and having people that are Caleb's and are just like, let's go. The time of prayer and fasting before, the kind of planning out before, gets people that aren't Caleb's and Joshua's to go, absolutely. Like, it, it was such a clear response that God gave an answer that and I've mentioned, I've shared this before, that you have such a bright line to what, where you're supposed to go. We prayed specifically about it. We got a specific answer, and now it's time to go. And so who's not a Caleb and Joshua can go, let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Matt. That was, that's super, that's powerful. We're going to take, as we've been doing, like a minute right here, a minute or two, um, and that may be the word, and that may be the end of it. But we're going to keep listening to the Holy Spirit. And if he wants to share something else through someone else, uh, we're going to do that. So we're just going to take a minute and just be still before the Lord.